0: Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing, and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval all right folks welcome to virgin most powerful radio you are listening to the dr Luis sandoval show as always it's a pleasure to be here to talk about our catholic faith our here here at the clinic at the medical clinic we talk about our spiritual health our physical health and our mental health today's show very important i'm sure many of you heard last week uh, actor shia labeouf uh, said that he is very passionate about the catholic faith and it's all over the internet it's got you know, different people talking and have different opinions about it and what does this mean uh, it's important for us to talk about this as catholics uh, assuming most of our listeners are either baptized catholics passionate catholics already why would this be important to talk about what does this mean for us uh, we're going to talk about this today and we're going to see what does it mean to have passion about our faith Versus just being a lukewarm Catholic, these are important concepts to think about. But first, let's start with the Angelus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen well folks you know a big commotion a lot of talk about this you know actor shia labeouf well-known actor i always thought he was a great actor uh the movies i saw uh that he came out in he was very convincing in his roles but i know that there was a lot of turmoil going on with him in hollywood there were uh, episodes where it seemed like he was not doing well i don't know all the inner workings of hollywood so i can't tell you What was going on? Who he needed to talk to, not talk to? If he upset somebody or not? I don't follow the tabloids that much, but I remember that he got to a point at one uh, one time that I saw a few years back. There was an award show or something, as you know Hollywood always does. Uh, And he showed up to the award show, and I believe he had a paper bag on his head, and on it he wrote, "I used to be famous." And so the question is, who was the man behind this paper bag? And at that point, I realized when I saw that, I found out later that it was him who had shown up that way. Um, it didn't make me think a lot of people thought, oh, he's washed up. He's a bad actor or something along those lines, but I just thought something's going on. You know, is this a publicity stunt? What is, what's going on with him? Um, the important thing to consider is that there, if we hear his story and we're going to read a little bit about what he says in, in some of his interviews, uh, if anybody saw, he had an interview with Bishop Barron, uh, a great interview, uh, and it was just very honest, a very honest interview. But what I did notice about him was that everything that he talked about and everything he was he was describing in terms of his experience uh, of turning catholic now because he was offered this role to portray padre pio which is obviously is a huge saint for us as catholics who uh, a lot of people looked at him as an ultimate mystic had the stigmata but for uh shia labeouf to be called to this role it really reminds us at a certain point for us as Catholics, there are no coincidences. There are no coincidences. And why do I say this in terms of, well, we got to talk about this in light of what it means to be a lukewarm Catholic, because God chooses us based on our passion and God wants us to have passion one way or another. So let's start with that. I'm going to look at the Bible here. This is the book of Revelation. Okay. Chapter three, and we're going to look at starting verse 14. Uh, we're going to go 14 to 22. We're going to read this. This is going to be important in understanding why it is that we are fascinated when somebody, uh, say, hits rock bottom, as we say, or seem, appears to lose everything in the eyes of the public, and yet they come back and they tell you, no, you know what? When I was losing everything, I actually had everything, and that's when I saw it. I couldn't see that everything was there before because I was chasing the wrong things. The problem is when we're lukewarm Catholics, this is what Christ tells us, and this is sad. He says, I know your works. You are neither hot or cold. Would that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and either cold or hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not knowing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Therefore, I counsel you to buy for me, gold refined by fire, that you may be rich and white garments to clothe you and to keep the shame of your nakedness from being seen and salve to anoint your eyes that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and chasten. So be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. He who conquers I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I myself conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Again, this is very powerful and this this should really kind of wake us up and give us a wake-up call um because as Catholics I got to ask myself before anything else and before we get into any stories where am I in my catholic faith? Am I, you know, we go through hills and valleys we say, and that's a good thing. The hills, obviously, we're on top of the hill. We're feeling so faithful. We're feeling so enriched in our faith. We want to pray more. We want to go to mass. We want to be there and receive the Eucharist. And we're at the peak and we feel so great. That's wonderful. We hit the valley. We feel dry. We feel angry. We feel like God left us and and we, feel, we have no recourse. And we wonder, where are you, God? I feel empty. That's actually a good thing. It's not necessarily bad. Why? It doesn't feel good. But it's a good thing in the sense that there is still some passion there, that there is still some desire for God, that we still want to want God because we are saddened by his absence. And maybe in that absence, we decide, you know what? Forget it, God. It seems like you're not here. I'm going to go sin. I don't care. What difference does it make? You don't care about my life. You don't care about me. I'm just going to take off. Why not? Because it's not like you're looking over my shoulder anymore. Guess what? In the midst of all that sin, there is still some passion because it's a rebellious sin, it's a rebellion against God. Not that the sin is good. Okay. I don't want any of our listeners to email me later and say, Dr. Sandoval, you said it was good to sin. No. What I'm saying is that the goodness is that the passion still exists because God can work with that. But if we fall into what we see a lot in our modern day society, where it's like, eh, you know, I really don't care if there's a God, not a God, I don't care doesn't make a difference to me. If Jesus is the true Lord and the King of Kings, and if the Eucharist really is the body and blood of Christ, well, I'm not going to tell you it's not. but I'm not going to tell you it is. I'm just going to say, I'm, I'm not going to look into it. What does Jesus say about that? Let's read this again. He says, so because you are lukewarm, that's what it means to be lukewarm, really. It means that I don't care either way. I'm not hot. I'm not cold. I don't have any fire. I'm not white hot, and I'm not hot with fire either. It's just kind of just there. God is just maybe there, but doesn't matter to me. I don't care. Uh, This is what he says. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. What do we spew out of our mouth? Something that's disgusting, something that's spoiled, rotten, something I don't want to put in my mouth because it's bad. Spew you just means to spit it out without even thinking twice about it. Throw it in the trash. It's no good. It's almost like when you eat a rotten piece of fruit, you didn't know it was rotten. It might look good on the outside. You take a bite and you realize the taste is just awful. It's off. You get that in your mouth boy, you're just going to spit that out. You're going to think, I never want to taste that again. And in fact, I'm going to keep spitting to make sure every little last piece is gone. Why? Why does the lukewarmness really hurt our Lord? He says, because for you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not knowing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Why is that? Because we get comfortable. That's really what that means. All of a sudden we seek out these worldly goods and we say, hey, I'm doing pretty good financially. I'm comfortable. I I drive the car I want. I have the house I want. In fact, I can get more things and I'm very, very comfortable. I don't need to seek out God anymore. I'm all good. Whether there's a God or not, it doesn't matter because I'm here. It's fine. And Jesus is saying, actually, the truth is you're wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I would dare say that out of all of those, the most important uh, uh, descriptive there, it's not the wretched, the pitiable, the poor, or the naked. I would say it's the blind because you are all these things, but you can't see it. And that's when he goes on to say, and I hope this happens to all of us at some point. I know it's happened to me in my life. He says, Those whom I love I reprove and chasten. So be zealous and repent. I think that part's really important because all of a sudden, if we are just lukewarm and we're hanging out and we're saying, you know what? Yeah, yeah whether it's a God or not, it doesn't really matter, whether it's you know, heaven, hell doesn't really matter to me. It doesn't matter. Who cares? If there's not turmoil in our lives, it probably tells me that. God's going to say the same thing. He's going to say, okay, well, you don't care. Why should I care about you? Should I care about you? This is the important part about being passionate. And this is why it's easy, I think, as we try to follow the faith, as we really say, you know what, I thank God I'm not lukewarm. I go through the hills and the valleys. And when I'm on a hill, boy, I really enjoy that because I feel like I'm in good with God. When I'm in a valley, I feel like I'm still trying to seek God and I still have that passion for God. But one of the challenges that happens is if we stay on that hill... If we're just roaming that hill, if we're up on top, if we're at the peak and we never come down, it's very easy to look down on other people instead of realizing that I was once down and I need to help people come up this mountain. That can be really, really challenging. And this is where the lukewarmness can't work with it all. When we're on the hill, we're passionate about God, but we run the risk of looking down on people. And something in the realm of Hollywood and actors, this is where I, I gotta say it's hard not to judge sometimes because you we look at people in Hollywood and we say, How could you do that? You had your whole life ahead of you. You got everything. You got money. You got fame. Isn't that everything you wanted? And yet you're still not happy. What's going on? Or you're you're into drugs and womanizing and things of that nature. What's wrong with you? It's easy to judge, but we got to remember at some point we're going to be there too. We're going to be challenged, and it's easy for us to fall. So as we're in that hill and we find that passion, we got to look down and bring those people who are not yet passionate. Help them come up to our end of things. And we're going to see how how that happened to Shia when we come back from the break. all right well welcome back to virgin most powerful radio as always it is a pleasure to be here with our listeners you are listening to the dr louis Sandoval show and here at the clinic today we are talking about some important topics now the main topic that we're talking about is the conversion story shall we say that shia labeouf the actor in hollywood has shared with us last week it's a very very powerful story i kind of want to go through it a little bit uh for our listeners i think it's helpful and i think that when we hear stories like this of somebody famous who says you know I found the truth and it was in the Catholic church. If nothing else, it should revive our hearts to remember what we already have. Um, It's easy to forget. And then I think that the reason that we can become lukewarm or we can become very comfortable in our faith is because it's like I share with people, you know, if you live near an amazing place or let's pretend that you were to live in Disneyland and that was your home, and you woke up there every day and you walked around the park and you could ride the rides at any time and you could, you know, taste of the food there at any time and live the experience of Disneyland every single day. I think after a while it's easy to get jaded even though it is a destination, a vacation destination for so many people who want to go there, who are willing to spend tons of money to go there, uh, airplane trip, hotel, and really milk everything that Disneyland has to offer for them because they've never been there before and it's such a world-renowned park. Versus a person who's already living there says, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool, but sometimes it's easy to get lukewarm. But then you see somebody who hasn't been there, who's willing to spend all this money to go there, who's willing to make a whole actual trip of it. And you start to see the park through their eyes again. And it starts to remind you yeah this is a powerful place i forgot how powerful this was why because it was always there and i think that can happen to us as catholics anytime where we say gosh you know i go to church yeah of course i go to mass on sundays yeah of course i i uh, uh, can go receive the eucharist yeah i go pray in front of the blessed sacrament big deal right doesn't mean much to me anymore i've lost that fervor that sense of wow there is something mystical Happening here, and I realized more than anything else. I mean, I could easily say that happened to me, or I realized that that could be going on in my life, or was going on in my life at some time, and I didn't realize it until the COVID quarantine, when all of a sudden everything shut down, the churches shut down, we didn't always have access to the sacraments. Whoa, that was eye-opening. Wait, I need that. I forgot how important that was. I didn't, or shall I say, I didn't appreciate it after a while until it was gone. That was like a rock bottom for a lot of us Catholics, spiritually speaking. Saying, "Whoa, wait, what just happened?" And it made me think, do I appreciate what I already have? Sometimes it takes that. It takes Christ hiding from us, so to speak, uh, whether it be due to a quarantine and the church is sh- shut down, and all of a sudden there's no access to the sacraments, to the Eucharist. That can be very eye-opening for a lot of people and say, whoa, it's like God is hidden from me or has, take, has been taken away from me. Where's God? What am I going to do now? I feel an emptiness. That was very, very real and powerful. That can happen to us. The other thing that can happen, though, is sometimes we start getting into this life of sin because we feel that there's meaningless, or life is meaningless, or we don't appreciate what's going on around us anymore. Just the ability or the fact that we exist, sometimes we can't even appreciate that, and we hit what we call rock bottom. We're not living a life that would be pleasing to God, and what does God do? He comes down, and as he told us in the book of Revelation, he will punish us and chasten us. Why? Because he loves us. It's an irony. It's an irony that we don't always understand god gives us punishment because he loves us we see it as punishment he sees it as let me open your eyes but there was this article that i saw here i mean there's a lot of articles right now if you look online Uh, but this one in particular caught my eye because why one of the things that i really appreciated about shia labeouf is that he was honest while being respectful uh to other people of what his what he experienced of his sins he was very honest about it he was very candid he just bore his heart out And, but he was respectful of other people He didn't name names. He didn't go into detail about what he did. He, just like everybody else, heck, I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. I can't blame him. I can't judge him because it's his personal relationship with Christ right now that he is wrestling with, which is something that reminds me is we, we all need to be doing. If we're not wrestling with that relationship with Christ, we got to ask ourselves, are we lukewarm? We can wrestle it when when things are going well. And all of a sudden things are going well. We think, ah, I can handle sin. I can do something. Why not and just one time? It's kind of like people who are alcoholic and say, I can have one more drink, right? That's okay. Now I think I can control it. Sometimes we're like that. I think I can control you know, the sins just in a little bit. It's okay. It's not bad because I'm just going to do it one time. That can happen. That's easily, easy, easily happening uh, to people because that's the way our human nature is. That's the way our lives work. But let's read this article. Listen to this title. It says, Shia LaBeouf says he has cheated on every woman he has ever been with. Now, obviously an eye-catching uh, title Very powerful statement. He's cheated on every woman he's been with, but what it doesn't tell you is let's see what the story goes, what goes on with the story. So we know this information. So what? What does that mean? Does that mean that he's happy to stay in that? It quotes him saying, I was a pleasure-seeking, selfish, self-centered, dishonest, inconsiderate, fearful human being. He said, Hey, I'm right there with you, buddy. I've been there. I can all those things I can't sit here and judge him. When I know that my human nature and all of our human natures drive us into being selfish and self centered and all these things. But let's read this article a little bit. So, Shia LaBeouf gave a candid two hour interview about the abuse allegations that have been made against him, admitting that he has been unfaithful to every woman he has been with. In December 2020, Shia LaBeouf's ex girlfriend uh, sued him for relentless abuse, including battery, assault, infliction of emotional distress sexual battery. LaBeouf later denied causing his ex-girlfriend any injuries or loss, saying that she was not entitled to any relief or damages whatsoever. That's what he had said in that interview a couple of years back. But then in the new interview, uh, he was interviewed with a friend of his and he, this is what, what uh, LaBeouf says. LaBeouf said, I'm going to clean it up a little bit because he used some four letter words in strong language, but he said, I messed up real bad, like crash and burn type stuff. I heard a lot of people and I'm fully aware of that. And I'm going to owe for the rest of my life. You know what Shia LaBeouf had there? He had a moment of metanoia. He had a moment where he, had, he was able to, God gave him the gift to be able to see his sins. And it was ugly. And he realized, what he realized there, I'm going to owe the rest of my life. We all should feel that way about any sin we've committed. Why? Because we've got to remember that any sin we've committed, the price is eternal damnation. I got to owe, as so long as I'm here on earth, I got to keep paying back for that. Yes, it is forgiven in the confessional. And yes, we could say, well, Dr. Sandoval, but I did a, a plenary indulgence, so everything should be gone. But I still want to make up for that in the eyes of God. Why? Because when I die here, if I go to purgatory, okay, fine. I'm going to keep you know, purgating there, and I'm going to keep making it up for there, but I want to get straight to heaven. I don't want to keep sinning, and I want to make sure that any sin I've committed before gets cleaned up entirely. This is what he said. He said, I had a long list of people that I need to make amends to, admitting that he has cheated on every woman he's ever been with and never told his partners about getting cold tours, which he acknowledged was manipulative. It's a real, you know, we can look at that and we can say, what a jerk. He was totally manipulative. I don't want to judge him that way. I got to say, that's a real moment of honesty right there to be able to say, hey, you know what? I think I did this. I messed up. I did this. And I realized I was manipulative. You know, I, I remember going to confession one time, confessing something like that where I think, you know what, Father, I think I was manipulative. Um, and I felt like the biggest scum of the earth. And I just thought, this is, this is the truth. I think I was in a situation where I, maybe I manipulated people. I, I did things to get my own way. And you know what the priest said to me? I was waiting for him to say, boy, you're you're just wretched. You're awful. He said, what a beautiful confession. And I started crying like a baby. That's all I remember happening. Why? Because it was this moment where my heart was just ripped out and it was just a moment of honesty. And I would dare say Shia LaBeouf, that's kind of what he experienced. It's so, so beautiful. If you if you see the interview he had with Bishop Barron, you can tell that he's a man whose heart is turning to Christ and he's yearning for more of Christ. And Christ will do that to us. When we're honest with ourselves, when we recognize and realize, I've been wretched, Christ is going to take that and he's going to say, well, come on and let's get better. And that healing process, it's going to be painful, but boy, it's going to be worth it. He goes on to say, I hurt that woman. And in the process of doing that, he's talking about an ex-girlfriend. I hurt many other people and many other people before that woman. I was a pleasure-seeking, we read this part before, pleasure-seeking, selfish, self-centered, dishonest, inconsiderate, fearful human being. When I think about what my life has become and what it is now, like what my purpose is now, I need to be useful. And when I look at this MeTube movement, there's not a whole lot of dudes that are taking accountability. So he's admitting that, He's in a place where he wants to be useful. And what does that mean? I think that out of everything, that's the most important part. I want to be useful. I think at that point for us as Catholics, when we look at that, I want to be useful. It's really a moment of saying, I want to do what my intended purpose is here. And that intended purpose is whatever mission God gave me. I want to start the mission that God gave me. I want to lean my life. I want to lead my life. I want to walk down that path that God made me, and that's how I know that I'm a useful human being. How many times do we go through life feeling like I'm no good, or I'm good for nothing, or I am not useful? Why am I even here? And we forget that there's that moment that Christ is trying to reach out, and he's the one beating our hearts, and he's saying, stay alive, I need you for something. Look at what's going on. We think that our hearts beat just, you know, out of the blue. Well, kind of they do. You know, there's a cyanoatrial node. The heart's just beating on its own. There's nothing, where does the beat come from? It really has, it has a center there where it's just kind of, starts on its own, that's where God lives in our hearts. God is the one leading that beat. So anyway, he goes on to say that when his accuser first made allegations of him, he wanted to hit Twitter. And he says, I wanted to hit Twitter and be like, look, I got receipts. But then he realized that his accuser is a saint and saved my life. He goes on to say that his accuser saved my life. Why? He says, had she not intervened in my life and not created the avenue for me to experience ego death, I'd either have a real mediocre existence or I'd be dead and full. Notice, he didn't say he'd have passion one way or the other. He didn't say he'd have hatred. He said he'd be dead and full or have a mediocre existence. That's not a lukewarm part. Mediocre existence, no big deal. But what did he experience that he says thank you to her for? Where he's saying he didn't say thank you directly, but he's saying if she had not intervened in my life, and had not created an avenue for me to experience ego death. I think that that's where we all got to stand. I got to let go of my ego. If I hear about somebody else's sins, I better not start judging. You know, this is where it's a problem. If if anybody tries to listen in on somebody's confession, that's a problem. That's a big sin. Why? Because that confession, that moment where we acknowledge it, that's my relationship with Christ. I can't judge your relationship with Christ. And here he has the courage to share this with everybody and say, this is where I was at. You know, what he, this is to me, this is a St. Paul moment. He was knocked off that horse whatever he was doing, whatever he thought was going to be right, whatever he thought, wherever, whatever direction he thought his life was going in, all of a sudden Christ knocked him off that horse and he said, I want you to get to know me. St. Paul never looked back. Shia Lombos on a on a great path here. This is what he said. He said that in the tribe of mess ups, so I'm going to change a little bit, I'm a very public sinner and a very fallible person in the public sphere. What I think now my purpose is, is not to do the other examples that we've had of how to navigate something like this, which is go after the woman or try to win a court case or get back at, or get back into a movie or get back on it at all. He talked about a seeming support group that he's been in. Uh, he said a squad of 60 guys who've met every day on Zoom at six, and they go on bike rides on Thursdays and hang out at the beach on Sundays. So he's now finding a support group. Notice he's saying, now I don't think that I need to take revenge on anybody. That's not my job. That's not where my life's path is. Notice that St. Paul didn't say, well, now I got to get back at people or anything along those lines. He said, no, I have a different path. My different path now is I need to follow Christ. In fact, I need to let go of everything so much that I don't even have a will of my own. My, My will is Christ's will. That's all it is. So what does he go on to say? um he talked about going to rehab and now he's raising he has a daughter uh with his wife and he's trying to raise her with his wife um and he said that this has altered his outlook he also said that he's part of a support system promoting interviews on instagram he said please join me for a conversation with my friend Shia." so this is a little bit different uh where this is what they discuss guilt shame making amends friendship and so much more he said i ask you to come with eyes open and an open heart uh because that's really shy story He is sharing um, that, you know, at the end of the day, he's in a place where his heart is ready to be open. And he's asking you to be open about his story as well. He's opening up his heart. He's saying, why don't you guys open up your hearts too? This is important. I'm going to share my story. Why? Because it's important because I'm no longer lukewarm, and I'm no longer down in the dumps. Christ is taking me. More after the break. all right folks welcome back to virgin Most powerful radio today you are listening to the dr louis sandoval show and as always it is a pleasure to be here with you today we're talking about really more than anything else i mean we're talking about the shia LaBeouf story where he shares his conversion uh his internal conversion uh, to the catholic faith as he is portraying padre pio in the upcoming film of padre pio but more than anything else i think it's really all of our stories I think we got to remember that any conversion story, we like to hear about it. Obviously, if it's somebody who's high profile and puts the Catholic faith in a good light and actually acknowledges that it is the truth, and at the end of the day, nothing else matters, we have to remember that this is our story. It's great when it's a public figure gets out to a lot of different people and it gets the conversation uh going and people understand what it means to be catholic maybe we educate the public a little bit more and people are more interested in finding out hey what are these catholics all about because there is a lot of misinformation out there a lot of people think that they know the catholic faith or try to tell us what we do when in reality it's not what's going on you know so it's always nice to hear that from a high profile person who understands the faith deeply but if nothing else, for us, I got this is really our conversion story, you know, for everybody. Because if we go back, I mentioned St. Paul earlier in the show. If we go back to St. Paul, the important part is, you know, we hear about the conversion and how they turn to Christ, whether it be Shia LaBeouf, St. Paul, or any of us. But in the article we read before, it was really heavily focused on Shia LaBeouf admitting his sins. And St. Paul did no different. He admitted his sins. We know that St. Paul was persecuting the church. He was killing Christians. And this man who was 100% against Christ, Christ appears to him and says, why are you persecuting me? When you persecute Christians, you persecute me. When you persecute the church, you persecute me. The important part is to see that as deep, heavy, crimson red, evil, mortal, whatever we want to call the sins uh, that people are sharing, as, as bad as they are, There's nothing that Christ can't work with as long as we have a level of passion, of passion for Christ, passion one way or another. If you are out there and you feel like you're struggling, you feel like nothing's going well, you feel like you need to change your life and you don't know how, my advice is go in front of the tabernacle. Just go sit in front of the tabernacle for half an hour, an hour, 10 minutes, two minutes. Just give a little bit of time to Christ and see what he can do with it. Because to say, like, my life is so bad, Christ can't do anything with it. This is where I think we find the inspirations for these stories. There's people, Shia LaBeouf said, his life was at the rock bottom. He had nothing left. He took on this role of this movie just hoping. He didn't care about Pottery Pier or anything along those lines. What he thought was, this movie might just jumpstart my career so I can just kind of get back into Hollywood. I felt, he felt like he was out of the scene. But he's saying, nope, I'm just taking this, and I'm hoping that it'll, it'll do something maybe. In a, in a flurry of passion for his heart, he wanted to get back into something and God used that. In the same way, if we feel disheartened, if we feel like our lives are all over the place, like there's no passion, God is going to use that. God is going to take our hearts. He's going to take a moment and say, come on this way. I'll take you by the hand. It's going to be rough. It's going to be a rough road, but we're going to walk out of there, and you're going to see that you actually already have everything you could have possibly wanted. It's already there. You just don't see it. In order for you to see it, though, I got to get rid of all the distractions. I got to get rid of your social media. I got to get rid of your phones. People are going to talk, talk bad about you on social media. That way you can turn it off. That's the whole purpose of that. You know, there's, it's not about you being a bad person. It's about, I need you to turn that off. And if that's what it's going to take, then heck, that's what it's going to take. It's going to be turned off. You know, God works in different ways in our lives to say, oh, you hit rock bottom. Well, good. Now you see that I am here and I am all you need. But let's look at this. So the last article we read was about Shia LaBeouf's confessions and about him really admitting some heavy, dark parts of his life. The next article is, this article is from National Catholic Register. It's a great article. And now it talks more about his interview with Bishop Barron. And his interview with Bishop Barron, if anybody's heard it's a very powerful interview because he talks about a lot of very fundamental Catholic things that are controversial to some people that some people uh, might make fun of. And he talked about how in these Catholic uh, practices and rituals, that's where he really found meaning in his life. Let's look at this article here. So he talked to Bishop Barron. He talked about his devotion to the traditional Latin mass. He talked about peace when he feels he prays the rosary and experience his experience when he receives the Eucharist for the first time. This is what he said. When he experiences the Eucharist, when he received the Eucharist for the first time, he said, I start feeling a physical effect from it. Right there, let's stop right there. How many times do we remember that Christ wants to heal us physically? We know it, but we don't believe it. You know, we know it up here, but we don't in here. We've got to feel that in our hearts. We read the gospels and we think that these are stories of old. You know, he healed the blind man. He healed the lepers. And we think, yeah, that, that's what happened back then. But where is our faith about that can happen now? Boy, I have a diagnosis of cancer. I have a diagnosis of diabetes. I have a diagnosis. And Jesus can cure that. I truly believe he can cure that. I gotta, but what I gotta do I got to do? I got to let go of everything. I kind of got to go spiritual rock bottom. I got to not think or see things the way I think they are and just let everything go and let myself see things as Christ sees them. Ask Christ to let me see them that way. This is really what Shia LaBeouf is saying here. He started to feel a physical effect and people are going to think, well, what? He's going to have a seizure? What, what do you mean physical effect? we got to remember Christ is working on our bodies. And Shia LaBeouf is talking about drinking too much, about not doing good things with his body. The Eucharist is starting to heal that. Right, starting to heal that. He said, "I start to feel a reprieve, and it starts feeling like regenerative." What's regenerative? It means that when something's broken or something falls off, it grows back. It comes back. We say that the liver is our only organ that G- regenerates itself. Part of it's gone, and part of it's dead. It can grow back to a new, healthy tissue. We're regenerative. In this case, would be imagine if all of a sudden you lost your hand or something in combat and a new one grows back. You just regenerated a hand. But he's talking about that spiritually with the Eucharist. It starts to feel regenerative is the word he used. He starts enjoying it to such a degree he doesn't ever want to miss it. This is important. How many times do we take the Eucharist for granted? Ah, you know, gosh, I think I might have a mortal sin. I'm not going to go receive the Eucharist. I got to go to confession. Okay. Well, confession time comes around. Ah, I couldn't make it to confession today. Oh, just another week. Oh, well, We forget what the eucharist really is the power of the eucharist and why we need it there's nothing there's nothing greater for us but are we ready to receive it expecting to feel even a physical effect from it and maybe something regenerative are we at that point i think that we we should be i think this is a great reminder of that this is what he says um let me see here really quickly so there's a story about him so he's 36 and he said he was agnostic before finding god although he was, you know, partially Jewish too, I believe it was from his mom's, said he made a bar mitzvah at when he was a 13-year-old boy, but he never fully embraced his mother's, he was his, mother, his mother's Jewish faith, is what he told Bishop Barron. And despite his successes as an actor, his life was in turmoil, okay? His life was in turmoil, kind of like my cat behind me there. Um, in trouble with the law multiple times, currently he faces uh, lawsuits filed by his ex-girlfriend accusing him of being abusive. He was estranged from his mother because of this downward spiral. But what does he tell the bishop? He says he reached out to the point where he was despaired of living and saying, I don't want to be here anymore. So let's look at his life. He's at a point where he's got a lot of legal issues. He had some success in Hollywood. Sure, I've seen some of his movies. They're great. And in spite of these successes, his life is in turmoil. He's in trouble with the law multiple times he's got lawsuits going on he's estranged from his mom his life is in a downward spiral also he reached this point of despair of living and said i don't want to be here anymore in fact if you see the article he says that he had a gun in his hand and he was ready to just end it all He was ready to commit suicide right there he had no no reason for living in his heart he had no passion so he believes that god used his eagerness and this is where it's hot or cold, he wasn't lukewarm, to resurrect his lagging movie career and put him on a path to healing and personal peace. Right there is the most powerful part, that last part, personal peace. When this healing takes place, how many people are truly in peace right now? This is where it's important to remember why, what's the purpose of our, of our Catholic faith. Why get excited about our Catholic faith? Who cares? So it's the body of Christ. Who cares? What's that going to do? We got to remember, this is our path to peace. This is how we find peace in our lives. How many times do people come uh, to counseling to ask me advice and they tell me, gosh, my life is in turmoil. Uh, I've got a lot of anxiety. I've got a lot of depression. I need couples counseling because my my husband, he's doing drugs and I got into drugs too. Or we're not getting along. There doesn't even have to be drugs involved. We're just not getting along. We don't, I don't even know if we love each other anymore. We're talking about divorce. You know, we have kids involved, but we don't even care about that. We're screaming in front of the kids. There's all this turmoil in our lives. And I said, do you want peace? And a lot of times people think that they have to do all these things they have to go off on this far journey they have to go and, and travel somewhere uh, of a miraculous nature maybe where there was a marian apparition that's all beautiful don't get me wrong i love to travel to anywhere there's a marian apparition a catholic shrine anything uh you know going to um czechoslovakia going to different places where uh, our lady uh, has appeared or where uh, um you know there's a wonderful statue that's venerated of our lord anything along those lines is very powerful the journey is very powerful, but the journey brings us right back home. And if we can't do a big journey like that, how are we going to find personal peace? Well, sometimes I counsel people and I tell them, have you received the Eucharist? Have you gone to confession and just received the Eucharist? And that's not enough for them. They think that's too simple. What are you talking? I need to do something huge. I need to go up to the top of the mountain and talk to some guy who's medit- med- meditating up there, and he's going to have the answer for me. I said, no, the answer is just in the Eucharist. The answer is just Jesus. The question is, do we have the eyes of faith to do that? Shia LeBeau says, "He, this is true faith right here. He believes God uses eagerness to resurrect his laggy moving career and put him on a path of healing and personal peace. Notice, all the good things are happening. He wanted to resurrect his movie career and it happened, but it also happened in a pathway to peace. How many times do we try to resurrect our careers or try to be important on a destructive path? That can happen as well. He said, the turning point was an offer to play the lead uh, in this new film, Padre Pio, which premieres in Venice next week. Though he knew little of anything about the famous Italian saint or Catholicism in general, he leapt at the chance because he just wanted this movie career. He had an eagerness. Where's our eagerness? You know, when I think about that, I think about the Eucharist, I think Jesus doesn't want us to receive the Eucharist he wants us to want to receive the Eucharist. Does that make a difference? Of course, he wants us to receive the Eucharist. He wants us to go receive the Eucharist, but not just go receive the Eucharist. He wants us to want to receive the Eucharist. He wants us to have a desire for the Eucharist. He wants us to have an eagerness to receive the Eucharist where I got to say, nope, I got to go receive the Eucharist. Is there a chance to receive the Eucharist? I'm going to put everything else aside. That's my priority. I think that that's where we allow God to work in our lives. I want nothing else. And In fact, maybe everything else was taken away from me or- I've chosen to let everything go, because if we notice in the Gospels, what does Jesus say to the rich man? He says, sell everything you have, and then come follow me, and you're going to find true riches and peace, and was that enough for him? That's how you're going to find eternal life wasn't enough for him. He went away sad. In this case, Shia LaBeouf says, I had to hit rock bottom. So it says, as it turned out, it wasn't his career that God wanted to save, LaBeouf believes, the Franciscan friars, he meant, so he went to go spend time with the Franciscan friars to prepare for this movie. Um, he spent time with to prepare for the role, made him increasingly curious about the faith that inspired Padre Pio. They directed him to the Gospel of Matthew and the works of other important Catholic writers, which he devoured. Notice, it doesn't say he just skimmed through, he devoured, he ate him, it became a part of him, he digested all that. That's the eagerness that we need to have when we're going to receive the eagerness. More on this when we come back from the break. all right welcome back to virgin most powerful radio you are listening to the dr louis sandoval show and today we are really talking about our journey as catholics through the eyes of the actor shia labeouf if you will because it's a good reminder to us how awesome our faith is and how healing it can be body mind spirit body mind soul um in general we can't forget that we can't deny that we got to look at our hearts we got to look at our souls and we got to realize God is working on us, God is working on our bodies, God is working on our minds, God is definitely working on our souls. Jesus is there, but we don't always feel it, and sometimes it can be a little bit distressing. Um, And hearing a story like this from this actor, uh, boy, it really reminds me that whenever I'm feeling like I'm down low, rock bottom, nothing else is good, God is there, Jesus is there. Well, let's go on to look at the rest of this interview. I'm going through reading excerpts from his interview with uh, Bishop Barron great interview. You can find it online. If anybody uh, wants to see it, I'll try to put a link in here. uh, If anybody wants to uh, see that video, it is about 80 minutes, 90 minutes long, but it was very powerful and it was very uh, instructive. And it really, more than anything else, he was teaching me about my faith. He was teaching me about the faith because he was helping me to remember a few things like this. I thought this was huge. Let's read this next paragraph here. Um, In the interview, LeBouff spoke about his view of Jesus before reading the Gospels. Remember, he hadn't read the Gospels before. He went to go spend some time with some Capuchin monks, some Franciscan monks, so he could understand the life, so he could play this role of Padre Pio, and they had him read the Gospel of Matthew. And he said that his view of Jesus before reading the Gospels, it was someone who was soft, fragile, all-loving, all-listening, but with no ferocity, no romance but what he encountered in the gospels is a very different masculine christ and this is true of all of us a lot of times we forget it we're not going back to read our gospels we don't we don't think you know sometimes we think of jesus as just kind of the soft person who's just there who's going to pat you on your back and then a lot of times the talk is oh he's very merciful but almost like this weakness where no matter what you do he's just going to be weak i think a lot of times people might think too well you know the way he died on the cross it was a sign of weakness. He never fought back or anything like that. His battle wasn't a physical battle. I think what we don't see here is the the veracity, the, the fire, the passion that Christ has as he's fighting that spiritual battle with us. When we're right there fighting, Christ is right there next to us with a sword in hand, slashing everything around us. He's got this very masculine power where he's there to defend us and to fight along with us, but we got to make that effort we got to make that fight. In this story, Shia LaBeouf had to go to this combat. He had to accept this role. He had to make an effort. And Christ is all of a sudden going to fight along with him. He said, okay, you take up your sword, I'm going to take up mine. Let's do this. But we got to have that level of faith. Now, this is what he also said. This was very powerful too. It made me think. He said that the friars introduced him to the mass. And he told Bishop Aaron that he became especially attracted to the traditional Latin mass. A lot of people don't like to hear that a lot of people like to see the latin mass go away Eh, it can't go away i mean it's it's part of our tradition and if we're if we're big on nothing else in the catholic faith it's tradition um but he said unlike the novus ordo masses he attended he said the old liturgy struck him as being focused on god more than the congregation he said that he felt as if someone was sharing a profound secret with him not selling me a car referring to the guitar playing he had experienced at another Catholic parish he attended. This is a discussion that I have a lot of times with with people, Um, you know, people who say, oh, do you prefer the Latin Mass? Do you prefer the Novus Ordo? Do you prefer, what do you prefer? And I say, I prefer any Mass where one, there's a valid consecration, okay? Either way, the consecration is valid, but I want that Mass to help me focus on that consecration, to help me focus on the doors of heaven opening up and coming down and through the priest's words, speaking, commanding the bread and the wine to turn into the body and blood of Christ. I want to be in that moment. I don't want to be distracted from that moment. I've been to many Novus Ordo Masses where they're very quiet, very reverent. The priest, you can tell, is very much in the moment, and he's praying in the words, and he's looking at the Eucharist. He raises the host, and it's very quiet in there. There's not a whole lot of music. Quiet, traditional music. Beautiful. Beautiful. I've been to Latin Masses where the same thing happens, where the whole focus is quiet, the priest is praying. But sometimes I've been to Latin masses where the priest, I don't know if it's his passion or there's a disconnect between the priest and the people. And what I mean by that is a lot of people are going to say, well, yeah, the priest has turned around. This is why he's got to face the people. No, it has nothing to do with that. What I wonder is, is the priest tired? Is he in a different mindset? I say this not to criticize the priest in those moments, but I can tell when I'm being an effective uh, counselor, an effective doctor or not, I can tell if I'm being affected with my patients or not, am I in the moment? Am I present, or am I worried by different things? You know, this is where it's important to, I think, certain things that'll help with that. are don't go bother Father before the Mass. Let him let him prepare. Let him focus on what he's going to do because the devil wants so many distractions that moment. He doesn't want anybody to think about what's really happening there. He doesn't want anybody to be in awe and or, or you know really trying to absorb the mystery of the Eucharist. That's really challenging. But for somebody who's brand new to the faith. Boy, they can see things that we can't see because he's saying, "Okay, I'm learning from these Capuchin monks. I'm learning what the faith is. I'm learning what the Eucharist is. I'm learning what it meant to Padre Pio. I'm going to be distracted. There's guitar playing, and all this stuff. That's not that's not my role here. My role is to really focus on the Eucharist. If there's all of a sudden all this different music or people worried about how they're singing or you know how they're reading the readings and that com- that comes across, it conveys to us, you know, uh, where's the passion in the mass? Where's the reverence? Is it about?" me and how well I appear in front of the people? If I'm a lector, is it about how well did I read that? No, it's about are the people's hearts facing Christ? Are our hearts ready to accept Christ and the Eucharist? That's really what it comes down to. And I think that that's what Shia LaBeouf was experiencing here when he talks about, you know, the guitar playing, things like that. I'm sure if he went to a Novus Ordo Mass, which was very respectful, very quiet, he would probably feel uh, similar to the Latin Mass. Uh, But he expressed that, he said, at the Latin Mass offered at the Institute of Christ the King in Oakland, California, uh, he had a strong sense that he had found something. You know, I love that, that he had found something. Why do I love that? Because it takes me back to the most basic thing of our Catholic faith, and that is that the kingdom of heaven has something to be found. I always remember that parable. This is what I love about parables. Christ reminds us that he is for everybody, not just the learned. But there's that parable where Christ says, you know, a man finds a, a pearl hidden in a field, a jewel hidden in a field, and he sells everything. He has to buy that field. Well, what does that tell me? There's a field that looks like barrenness. It looks like there's nothing there. You got to go look for something, and nobody else is really looking for it. You got to be able to look for something where to where it seems like there's nothing there, where it seems barren. It doesn't exist. This is why we've gone to the desert. Now, granted, a lot of people will tell you the desert is a place where the demons hung out, and you're going to go challenge the demons, but that looks barren. It tells me that there's some kind of treasure in the desert is something to be found in the desert something to be found on that field that nobody else can see i can go out there i'm going to find something shia laboe tells us hey i found something like that at the church i just found something in the middle of mass i found something that's pretty powerful so one of the questions that came up is is he a Catholic. And what does it mean to officially become Catholic? Well, it turned out that he was baptized. He discovered he was baptized and he was able to receive communion. So he went and received communion. And he told Bishop Barron that he felt a reprieve and receiving the Eucharist and decided afterwards that he never wanted to miss mass again. He attends mass as much as he can on weekdays and consistently on Sundays. He is in contact with his friend who he there. It was a brother, Brother Alexander. And he says he's always wanting to learn about the Catholic faith. He's hungry for it. He just tasted something that is so delicious to the soul that the soul wants and is hungry for. And for us, I, I speak for myself, it's so easy to take for granted. Am I hungry for it every day? I mean, I love doing the show here. I love speaking about our Catholic faith. I love hanging out with my Catholic brethren. I love, you know, everything surrounding ourselves with our Catholic faith. Does that mean I'm perfect? Far from it. I like surrounding with myself with it because I'm hoping to reach there. I'm still walking up that mountain, but his passion for the mass, I'm a little jealous of that. I want to get that passion back. It doesn't always happen. I love going to mass, but we get distracted easily, right? I get distracted by things of the world. For him, this is a, believe it or not, even though he's got all these different things going on, legal issues, issues with relationships, issues where he's recognizing his sins, the Mass is what's very real in that moment. All this other stuff can go away. All this chaos can go away. I just need to focus on the Mass, and that's what I want in that moment. That's what my heart is desiring. So that's very important, you know, very, very important. Now, question came up in this article is saying, well, if somebody like Shia LaBeouf, if he, uh, if he is Catholic, not Catholic, what does it take to officially become Catholic? And they went to a canon lawyer, Father Philip Michael Tangora, and he's a canon lawyer and a priest for the Diocese of Patterson, New Jersey. And he said that the RCIA program is a usual means for an unbaptized person to convert to Catholicism, but it's a different matter for those of us who have already been validly baptized. A person who's already baptized is not a convert to the faith. But a person who is being brought into full communion with the church and needs only that catechesis necessary to profess the faith and prepare them to receive the remaining sacraments of initiation, confirmation, and the Eucharist. So, in other words, somebody like Shia LaBeouf doesn't need to be baptized again. He was already baptized. Now he just needs the catechesis, he needs somebody to prepare him for confirmation and the Eucharist. And that's what he was doing with the monks, with the friars. They were teaching him, they're preparing him, he received communion. So if he's already a baptized person, he would also make use of the sacrament as penance and preparation for the confirmation and the first Eucharist. So to be in full communion with the Catholic church, one needs to be in communion with the faith, the sacraments and the ecclesiastical governance of the church, specifically the Pope. So that's really what it means. I mean, To be in full communion with the church, obviously we need to do our sacraments of initiation, communion, confirmation, and baptism. Baptism, obviously, is first. Uh, and we need to be in communion with the faith. We need to study our faith, so we need to agree to it. And we need to accept that the Pope, the magisterium of the church, is the governing body of the church. We have to convert that in our hearts all the time. I know a lot of people like to say, oh, there's no Pope now. There's a set of a con. There's this, there's that. No, the Pope is a Pope. You know, Jesus wouldn't leave us without a Pope. And, the, and this is what's so um, powerful about everything a Pope says, everything he does, we have to believe that they got to take that into consideration because at that point, they're no longer representing themselves. They're always going to be representing Christ, which is why it's so hurtful to the body of Christ. If there is a Pope who says things that go against the teachings of the magisterium or leaves a lot of doubt um, because the Pope is supposed to be that final word where Christ never left out. He said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Everything else is of the devil. You know, I'm suffering all the times where sometimes there's a lot of maybes in my life, but got to be a little bit more yes or no. From the Pope, we need to realize that that's what we're looking for. We're looking for that yes or no, because that's his role. Now, all of this in mind, one of the questions was, can LaBeouf validly receive communion? And this is where this priest, who's a canon lawyer, said he's not familiar with his background. If he's already baptized but not confirmed and has not received his first Eucharist, then he would need to go through the catechetical instruction to prepare himself for these sacraments. If he's already a Catholic and had fallen away for a period of time, and this is where I think this is what's important, this is what I was going to say, you know, for us as Catholics, we should always be asking ourselves, can we validly receive communion? Meaning, are we in that state of grace? That's what this conversion story really speaks to me about. Am I still keeping that state of grace? Am I still excited about being Catholic? Am I excited that Christ is working in my life and I need nothing else? Well, that's important. But if we're falling away for a period of time and now returning, a good confession is what we need. Good confession, really, all that I'm proclaiming is exactly what Shia LaBeouf is doing here. He really did just a very, very public confession, saying, look, these are my sins. I'm not perfect. And I'm realizing that it's through Christ that I find perfection. It's not about me, it's about Christ. And I need to learn more about the Catholic faith. I need to learn more about its beauty and I need to be in good standing in order to have a peaceful life. That's really what it comes down to. That's what the conversion is. If everybody does that, you'll never have to worry about deliverance. You'll never have to worry about the demonic influence in your life. Why? Because we're never gonna turn to crystals or Ouija boards or witchcraft or anything along those lines. We're gonna say, you know what? At the end of the day, I need to convert every day. I need to convert every minute of every day. If people ask me, am I a convert to the Catholic faith? Sure, I was baptized, cradle Catholic, but every day I'm still converting to the Catholic faith. This is Dr. Samuel saying, until next week, let's keep it Catholic.